Today on Bible Conversations, we're going to be talking with a very sweet sister about the role of women in the church. Welcome back to another episode of Bible Conversations. We are really excited this week because we got to welcome Miss Kathleen Whitson on the show with us today. Uh, Kathleen, you've been a member here at Keller for how long? 37 years. For 37 years. Yes. All right. And and you've spent years teaching our uh, young ladies how to prepare sermons and lessons um, for ladies' Bible class, for lads to leaders, uh, things like that. And so uh, we wanted to invite you onto this podcast and, and talk a little bit about that because you've done some amazing stuff well, during your life. Thank and, you. And have influenced people in an incredible way. So... Um, before we get started, is there anything else you want to say to introduce yourself so folks know who you are? Well, not they don't really need to know that much about me except that <laughs> except that I have been in education all of my life. That's been my career. Okay. And so I just sort of brought that into into the church. Into the church, yeah. yes, which is part of what we'll talk about today. Yeah. So you spent spent your time teaching and training the next generation, whether it's in the school or in the church. Yes, that's awesome. Yes, yes. very cool. Well, we're we are like Dylan said, really excited to have you on here. You know, I was talking with Dylan about this, talked to you about it, I've talked with a couple people. You know, when it comes to roles in the church and specifically talking to young girls or to women, uh, you know, twenty nine year old guy and a twenty three year old guy talking about what women can and can't do just doesn't quite hit the same as when it's a woman who has worked in the church for years telling them, Hey, there is stuff you can do because I have done it. And I think having you on is just going to provide a perspective that neither Dylan or myself are capable of providing at any point in our lives. And so I'm really excited about this and uh, looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Well, thank you. And I want to talk about what women can do, not what they can't do. Exactly. And the thing that gives me such a driving passion for this, other than the fact I'm a woman, but the main thing is when these young girls come up to me and say, well, I don't need to learn that. I don't have, I don't have anything to do in church. I have no place in church. And that's, I, it just breaks my heart. Yep. And mm-hmm. I, I in fact, uh, there's two other women right now. We're working on uh, an idea for talking specifically to our teenage girls and uh, about it because there seems to be, right now, the focus is on teenage girls always being with teenage boys. Mm. And yeah. that's not where they, that's not exclusively where they need to learn. Yeah. And there's lots for the separation of younger of younger children. But uh, anyway, so that's one of the things on our mind right now is that. And also to talk about that women are leaders in the church mm-hmm. because uh, a leader is someone who leads. Yep. And it is not exclusively someone who stands on the podium with a microphone in front of the congregation. Absolutely. Or who, a title or who has a title. Yeah, a title doesn't make you a leader. A microphone doesn't make you a leader. A leader is someone who Leads. people follow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um I mean there there are leaders within the youth group um and they lead by example. They lead by the words that are said in one-on-one conversations. Um leaders inspire other people to to do work, you know, and, and I don't know if I'm saying that very eloquently at all, but the leaders 
inspire others. Yeah. Uh, yes. So you know, often I, I find the best leaders. I've heard it said leaders are born, not made. And uh, you know, there's some people who, who grow up and they're just natural born leaders, and people naturally follow after them. And you know, I, I think I think it's very possible to make leaders and to train leaders and to teach people how to become leaders. Because it is a skill, it's a it's an ability that we have to encourage people to do something, to show them how to do something, to be there with them while they are doing it. Uh, you know, the idea that leaders simply sit in the background and tell somebody to go, 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 that's not that's not really a leader. Well, that's a, no, and, and and in fact Jesus said that to his yes. to his apostles. That is not you. You are not to be that that yeah. person who just issues orders. You yeah, are no. to be a servant. Yes. Not all. And, well, and we see that even within our world today. CEOs of companies, um, politicians in charge of governments, they sit back and give orders. Yeah. But that's not the way it was. There was a reason that, that David was in the wrong when he stayed at home and his army went out to battle. Yeah. Obviously, he was in the wrong for his sin with Bathsheba. Yeah. But even more so than that, he was in the wrong he, place. He was not. He was in the wrong place. He was not fulfilling his role as as the king, as the leader of that country. Yeah. So, um, you know, we have specifically Dylan, you and I. You mm-hmm. know, I talked about titles. Now they have no meaning, but we do have a title as minister. Yeah. And if we don't fulfill our obligation as a minister for God by leading and by being there and being present, well, who is going to follow us? Who's going to? Who's going to do that, right? And so, yes, who will follow the trumpet if it's blown haltingly? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and uh, you know, so that, so the elders in the church, right? They have a responsibility to lead by example, not just by saying, right? The the ministers, the deacons, we have a responsibility to lead by example, not just by voice. And then everybody else that is in the church, by extension of being a Christian, has a responsibility to lead people in their lives to come to Christ. Yes. And and so we are all to be leaders. Yes. In, and in I want to back up capacities. on something you said, Chris. Yeah. You, you were talking about whether leaders are born or whether you can be taught. Yeah. And Khalid Gibran once wrote and said, man cannot be taught aught but what lies half inside of him. And I thoroughly agree with that in all of my years in Can education. Can you put that into modern day English? Unless you are, have a propensity <laughs> to do it, you can't be taught it. Unless you, or a desire okay. or a willingness. Well, it's more than propensity and desire. Yeah. Although passion supersedes aptitude in success. Yeah. So <clears throat> it is that we all are born. I mean, you see that person who plays the trumpet mm-hmm. and they may have started trying to play the trumpet when they were just very young. Yeah. And, you know, someone else would pick up the trumpet and after a year of lessons, still can't play the trumpet. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, that totally makes sense to me because no matter how much I try to work at something, someone who is born with the talents and the skills to do so will be more prepared to to have success in that when they yep. put the time and work into it. Yes, and if you look at the research done on Strengths Quest, which uh, talks about you don't take the person and say, okay, you're weak in this area, then we're going to really, really work on that. That's a waste of your time. Hmm. What you do is you find their strength. You say, this is what we're going to grow. Yep. Let's put that, let's not, let's keep you in positions where you don't worry with that weakness that you have. Yep. You don't even have to use that. Let's work and build what you have strength in. That's awesome. I'm really glad. That, so that's like scientific that, yes. that we should be doing that. I I have thought that for the longest time, that within the church, we need to be 
encouraging people to dive headfirst into what they are are skilled at, what they are talented in. Um, and I'm really glad to know that's scientific. Like it there's is. actually it like backing to that. I, I do have a, a comment on that, and this is not to play devil's advocate, but growing up playing tennis, you know, you have a lot of different sh- shots that you mm-hmm. have to be proficient at. You have to have a forehand, you have to have a backhand, you got to have volleys, you have to have a serve, you have to have a return, you have to have all of these things. Well, there are certain shots that everybody is better at. Mm-hmm. And while it is very important that we bolster those shots, I also think it's important that we learn how to shore up our weaknesses too. And so I do agree that we need to dive headfirst into our strengths. But I don't think we can do that at the expense or exclusion of the things that we may not be as talented at. I think we also need to work on increasing in totality the service to God. Uh, and that's a, it's a difficult thing to do. You know, I, for instance, I'm a terrible, terrible song leader, terrible singer. I cannot sing to, I can't even carry the bucket. Something I can't carry a tune in a bucket. I can't carry the bucket. <laughs> but over the last couple of years, I have sat and just worked on my own time, on my own ability by sitting next to people who can't sing and just learned how to match pitch and learned how to, uh, you know, from the, from the stands or from not the stands, from the, the pews, right? Learned how to do some of the song leading stuff. And, and so while I never am going to be a song leader, if I am called upon to lead singing, I now have at least some confidence in my ability to do so at a, at a limited degree. Whereas a couple of years ago, there was no confidence in that at all. But all of my other things, my speaking ability, my uh, service to others and, and, and generosity and things, I have really been focused on increasing that. And so I, I do agree that we need to, to strengthen our strengths. Um, but I think that one of the dangers that I see with saying we don't need to work on our weaknesses, I'm not saying you said that, but I think people may hear things like that and see, well, I don't have to work on the things I'm not good at is they just actively don't do those things. And that's a, it's a scary thought for me. But anyway, that's, I guess, me playing a little bit of devil's advocate well, with it's the discussion. Where, it's talking about where you invest your time yes. and where you invest your focus, not yeah. that you just ignore the fact. Yes. And, that's, and that was kind of what I wanted to discuss a little bit was that we don't ignore the things we're bad at, but we definitely invest our time more in the things yes. we're good at. And so speaking of women in the church. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So back to our main topic. Sorry. <laughs> is that, uh, first of all, if you look at the scriptures and it Mm -hmm. talks about gifts, there's no gender reference there. Everybody has gifts. Everybody's given gifts. Even in the Greek, there's not a a gender assigned to any of those. Right. So all of us, all of us have gifts. And it, it tells us in other scriptures, you know, faith without works is dead. So if women weren't allowed to or had anything to do in the church, then their faith would be dead. And so, I mean, it's just very strongly throughout the scriptures when you read that everyone has a part and a role in the church, and the church is the body of Christ. And so it is to encourage, to serve, to further the word, to help younger people be or to help anyone learn and know and and be saved and baptized, uh, baptized and saved. <laughs> I said that backwards. Uh, and then the other thing is, 
a role of, and it's just, this just, I thought of this, this isn't in my list here, but for women and men is to be mentors. Mm-hmm. Find that young person and that you see and you you see some potential there and they don't even realize it. Absolutely. I think you're talking Ephesians 5 right there and, yep. and how the, the church should be um, taking care of one another and, and working together and encouraging one another. Yes. Um, you can keep talking, though. Well, I'm going to look it up for tell us. You, I have Ephesians 4, 16, and that the whole body being fitted and held together by what every yeah. joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building of itself in love. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in what can a woman do? Let's just, let's just start looking at that. I also <laughs> I was talking, making notes to myself here. Well, I actually use this line in a, a leadership retreat for women in, in the, the church in Springfield, uh, Springtown. And that is that for women, it's not limited to bringing a casserole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because when you start talking about it, uh, that's, that's often said, oh, well, you, you need to bring the casserole. Well, I would say it's better to be asked to bring a casserole than to just bring the napkins and plates, right? Because that means you can't cook. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. But anything, as as both of you have pointed out, anytime you're coordinating an event uh, over an activity, working in a program, you're leading. Yeah. Even if it's one-on-one leading, as you were talking about, Dylan, and that's the mentorship. That's the mentorship, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And so the first thing you do is you look around and you see what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Because not everything that needs to be done is being done. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and that even ties into um, like the official titles of our leadership in the church. You know, the reason we have deacons is because things need to be done. We look back to the book of Acts when they uh, first uh, had the need for deacons. They said, we have things that need to be done. We need to uh, have men that are assigned this job. And so then they uh, installed deacons and assigned them specific jobs. However, there's way more things that need to be done in the church. um, And not everything needs to be assigned to a deacon in an official capacity, but there are so many things that need to be done, whether it's encouraging a brother or sister, whether it's a, you know, that I still go again, go back to that one-on-one thing. There, there's so much of that, that is a need within the church. Um, well, the, the number of things that can be done is limited only to our imagination. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and the things that are already established, yeah. they had to start sometime. They yes. would, they mm-hmm. didn't just come. Yeah. Exactly. Part of the, mm-hmm. you know, I used to think when I was a child that the teacher came with the blackboard and the chalk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I think we think that programs just come with the church. No, they yeah. don't. Yeah. Yeah. Every congregation decides what's going to be important and what they're going to focus on yeah. and work on. Everything from uh, the stuff that we've go- got going on with the youth group to uh, different ministries that we've go- got going on. I mean, this coming Monday night, we have Ministry Mondays mm-hmm. that we're starting with so many different ministries that are happening on Monday night, and none of those just poof out of thin air. They they took some planning and some preparation and some, some work that goes into that. One of my... Go ahead, Chris. Sorry. I've interrupted you twice. No, you're good. I, I'm used to being interrupted. <laughs> I um, do that to him all the time. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I look at the ministries that we have here at Keller, and I see – I mean, I can think of three or four off the top of my head that without the without women would fall flat within a week. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, I, I had a, so I still am having this new Christian Bible study with the newly baptized teenagers. And we had one this last Sunday night and we talked about this. We talked about the role of women. And I jokingly kind of said, listen, guys, if the, if all of the women at Keller were to up and leave, this church would be burned down within two weeks. <laughs> and I kind of partially believe that. Like we, the women at Keller and the women in the Lord's church are so integral to the health, the success, and the, just the, the overall structure of his body. Without the women in the church, I mean, the guys, <laughs> you know how guys are. We know how guys are because we are guys. Things would just either not get done or would get done months later or would get done in the wrong way. Or it, it, we men, we need the women to be there for us and to help us. Uh, you know, my, my wife, I, I'm not going to talk about her too much, but is a perfect example of this. She makes my ministry so much more successful than it would be without her. And not many people know all of the stuff that happens behind the scenes mm -hmm. that she does. But without, without Alyssa, my ministry would not be nearly as successful, not even close. And I think it's so important that we recognize that, as you, I think you're about to get into, women have a very big role in the church. And it may not always be the one up front. It may not be the one that is seen immediately. But it is so much a part of the structure and foundation of the church. Well, my favorite story for our congregation is the woman who came from a congregation that had a, a jail ministry. Mm -hmm. And she was talking and wanting to have a jail ministry. Mm -hmm. And they, her husband got a move in his job. And so they were going to have to move to another state. And what she did was talk it up recruit women that she thought would be very good at organizing, doing, setting it up. She taught them the basics of what she had learned at her previous church, and that started the women's jail ministry. Yeah. And that, and then she left, and all of these women took uh, took their part and, and led it and did it, and it became so successful that the men's jail min yeah. ministry got yeah. started. Yeah. But it was the women's ministry yeah. That was first because yeah. one woman, yeah. one woman saw a need. Yeah. And I, I just, I just think that's outstanding. I, I love to tell that story because I'd never even heard of a jail's ministry at a yeah. church before. So I thought that was great. Um, then, then there are just little individual things, uh, besides, starting whole programs, <laughs> which there have been several. If, Like I said, it, yeah. the program didn't just show up. Somebody had to start it. Yes. But uh, we had a woman who, she was just very good at seeing things, doing things, building things. And she decided that all of the restrooms needed sprucing up. So she wallpapered all wow. of the this is I thought you were about to say like she put flowers in there or well, something. She wallpapered She wallpapered every restroom. Now we didn't have wow. the new building at that time. Yeah. And of course you know we'll be calling this the new building about 40 years from now. Right. Uh, <laughs> but so she she wallpapered and it made everybody was impressed. It made such a difference. It gave just you think well the restroom that's not real part of the church. Well, it Makes affects people's deal. feelings. It affect, affects morale. Yeah, morale. There you go. And, and it showed her love for 
her fellow mm-hmm. Christians here at the church, yeah. and then she decided the front of the church was bare. So she <laughs> planted shrubs and flowers, and, and they're still blooming out there now in the front, yeah. on the right side of the front of the building. That's awesome. Just because, now again, you don't just start doing these things. You have to say to somebody, is it okay if I do this? Yeah. <laughs> but but it was that's just what she wanted to do, and so all by herself she did that. Yeah. yeah. But I, I kind of want to go back uh, for a minute to what you actually mentioned back in James, that uh, faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and y- you mentioned, you know, if we, we say you can't work to these young women, then we're essentially saying you can't have faith. The sad thing is there have been so many uh, lives of faith that have had a pillow put over it, that have, have had their faith killed because they have been told, no, you you can't do this or you can't do that, rather than the approach that you take saying, here's what you can do. Here's how you can be active. Here's how your faith can work. And I think that approach is is incredible. It, it doesn't yeah. start with the, okay, you can't do X, Y, Z. Rather, it starts with you can do A, B, C. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the most important lessons that we can teach our young ladies. And that yes. was this last Sunday. That was what I tried to make very clear. I said, listen, we're not going to sit here and talk about what women can or can't do. You know, we've got a couple of guys in here. There are things that guys are scripturally supposed to do that women are not. We're not going to talk about that. What we're going to talk about is what we can do and what women are, what, what women are able to do. Because I do think way too often young girls hear, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do that. And really it all kind of centers around worship. And we don't talk much about things outside of worship. We don't talk about ways to serve outside of the assembly. And and I think women have such an opportunity outside of the assembly to well, do a yes. whole lot of stuff. Yes, absolutely. And that's what you hear sermons about. You're yes. right. That's what the sermons are about. Yeah. And it's scriptural. We need to know that. We need mm-hmm. to be taught that. We need to understand that. Yeah. But then we need to do the flip side. Yes. Uh I was thinking about, oh, and and there are things you can just come across, too, within the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on the, uh, I was a community member of a, a board up at the, a community board for the new uh, hospital when Alliance Hospital up near 35 okay. opened. And uh, I, they were opening a new uh, cardiac wing there for for heart surgery and they said one of the things that these people need is they will have to have a pillow after surgery mm-hmm. that they can hold a lot of like a little teddy bear or something. Yeah, yeah yeah so we i said we'll supply that the women at our church will supply that and we made heart-shaped pillows according to the dimensions that they needed yeah. stuffed in the way that they needed them stuffed and we put a little tag at the bottom <laughs> keller church of christ yeah that's awesome. And it, they came, and when we brought them, they came and took pictures of us and of the pillows. And, <laughs> yeah. and uh, well, and that's such an important thing because for anyone who's not aware, after heart surgery, um, whenever you have to cough or hopefully you don't have to sneeze, but if anything like a, a powerful motion like that coming out of your body happens, uh, you're supposed to hold a pillow or a teddy bear or something on the on the wound that was opened in order mm-hmm. to do surgery on your heart. So by holding the pillow there, it keeps from that wound 
reopening. Mm -hmm. And so it's something that happens all the time for these people coming out of surgery. And every time they grab that pillow or grab whatever was created that that was stuffed for them to to provide some padding there, they're going to remember this is from the Keller Church Christ. And we only did it one time. It wasn't an ongoing thing. Yeah. But still, it was... We made a connection with that hospital. We made a connection with those patients. Yeah. 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 I've, I've been telling the teens quite a bit that um, you never know any kind of action that you have done may lead someone to Christ someday. You know, whenever you're at an event, like uh, a couple weekends ago, I was at Momentum up in Oklahoma City. It was a men's retreat, uh, well, like a, men, a men's conference, basically. Um, and you always meet somebody from a town that you used to live in. And you're like, oh, so do you know so-and-so? Oh, you you know them too? Wow, it's incredible. And, and the phrase people always use is like, wow, it's a small world. My grandpa always said, it's a great church rather than it's a small world because the church is great. The church is filled with connections everywhere. And you never know through so many connections that you make, so many people that you come in contact with, you may be planting a seed when you don't even realize you're planting a seed. I was telling the teens that when you go to camp with the other 200 plus kids that are at camp, there are so many interactions with so many kids throughout the week, somebody that you may not even remember a, a, just a, a few words that you say to them could be very detrimental, but they also could be very beneficial. And so it's small things that can turn into big things. It's the parable of the mustard seed, you know, and um, whether it's it's pillows or anything else, whether it's wallpaper, whether it's flowers being planted out front, there are so many things that, that may seem like a mustard seed to you, but they are going to grow into a tree and be a place where birds can create their nests. I mean, it, it really is incredible when you, you see the parables that, that Christ told, the things that he taught. It's way more than just a, okay, I've got to get in front of people and talk now. There are so many things that, that need to be done in the church and so many things that, that we do because of our faith in Christ. Um, so anyways, I just Yes, well, no, Sandy Smith is doing a Bible study for women's on when for women on Wednesday nights mm-hmm. that's very much along those lines and it made me remember and I told her I, after class I said I have to tell you this story. When I went to my high school reunion, the very first time I ever went to a high school reunion. Uh I'm not one of those that goes every 10 years. <laughs> uh, and uh I ran into this young man that uh, we had gone to high school and college together. Mm. And uh, his wife, he introduced his wife, and then she said, well, Gary's getting ready to uh, go into the ministry. And I said, oh, my, you are? What in the world? How did that inspire you? How did you decide to do that? And he said, well, mostly it was you. <laughs> and I said, Me? What about me? What did I I say? And he said, "Well, when you didn't have a car, and I had, and you rode with me to the college campus uh, several weeks there, we did a lot of talking, and that was uh, those words that were planted." Yeah, that's awesome. That's scary. Yeah, because you think. Well, I've got to be very careful. Yeah, it's scary in that sense, but it's also very exciting in the sense of God is using me to accomplish a lot greater things than I can even imagine. Exactly. Exactly. 
Well, just, I don't know what we're doing on time here, but what I wanted to do was just sort of run through some of the things that we have that women are in charge of here at the church. Awesome. We have the Keller Christian School for preschool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've actually even had Christy Weaver, the director of the preschool. She's been on to talk about KCS before. Oh, good. Yeah, that's, so- that's excellent. We also have a benevolent program. Mm-hmm. For low-income people in the community, mm-hmm. we have a woman who coordinates that. And she is outstanding. She is superb. Yeah. Absolutely. We also, and this isn't real widely known, but she keeps an eye on this too, we help members who are going through a difficult time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had, you know, we've had some members. Especially who, over the last two years. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, anyway, yes. And then... Working together, but still it's led by primarily women and primarily this particular woman, Christmas gifts. Yeah, for yeah. these families, for the children of these families. Well, and, and the, the and Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving food drive. Well, the that food. was on there too. That's oh, nice. I'm sorry. No, just, that's okay. We're stealing her phone. We're jumping no, ahead of you. You're on top of it. You just, you know, meals at Thanksgiving, meals at Christmas, and then. And the presents at Christmas. Yes, but all the people come together to put those baskets yeah. together. Mm-hmm. That's a, a but, unified. But that effort. needs organization. You, yes, we can't just have 50 have... people show up and say, like, okay, what are we doing? You need a chief in charge of all these Indians. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> then we have the women. Retreat. We have women's Wednesday morning Bible study, mm-hmm. separate from all the classes, yep. Yep. just a Bible study where we come together for mm-hmm. that. Uh, Tap at the camp. Yep. Now, Tap at the camp has only been around about five years, four yep. years. And it's been at least five because I, yeah, I, I interned here five. in 2017 and they were doing it that summer. And it seemed to me like that wasn't the first summer they had ever done it. So, well, Spencer, our youth mm-hmm. minister at the time, asked me would I like to participate in that. And so I was in that nucleus of that starting group of us, okay. of the women putting that together. And then I, I coordinated it for three summers, and it nearly killed me. <laughs> and uh, I, it It's a big undertaking. On, oh, absolutely. And, of course, I'm a little red hen, so uh, <laughs> I tend to just try to do it all myself. Be up here at seven o'clock cooking their breakfast. Yeah, you know, I did not spend the night. I recruited people to spend the night. Oh, there you go. That was very smart of you. (laughs) Uh, So, but it dawned on me the third year. I thought, you know what? I am like two generations older than these girls. (laughs) They need a younger coordinator. They need a younger person in here doing this. So, I recruited Lauren. Yeah, Garner. Yeah. Yeah, and who is superb, and of course. Lauren, I have worked with Lauren since she was very little. Oh, yeah. She grew up here. <laughs> yes, yeah. she did. She did. And she's a, I, I'm just very proud of her because she has. she's an excellent leader. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, God's Girls on Monday night. Let me tell you a little bit about God's Girls. So uh, that's run by one of the moms of the girls in, some yes. girls in the youth group. This past Monday night, she posted a picture on Facebook. There was over 15 young ladies between 6th and 12th grade that came over to her house for God's Girls. It is doing wonderful. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, God's Girls kind of did this Mm -hmm. and then this. Yeah, it grows and shrinks. It grows and shrinks. Yes, because uh, when it first began several years ago, there was just routinely that kind of number Mm -hmm. there at night. And it has always been a mom that steps up. Yep. And, you know, when your daughter's, 
go on to college, it's kind of sort of like, I don't need to do this. Don't have a dog in the fight. <laughs> yeah, I don't have. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Well, dog in the fight's not the best phrase. But <laughs> no, but it you know, gets the have, point across. I don't have a child in the youth group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, then... There's, oh, I've watched this church secretary role grow into an administrative assistant because mm-hmm. of that person's ability to take on and do more and yep. and organize better and, and just grow. And that's the other thing you can do is if you have a position, grow it. Yeah. I learned that in my secular job. Uh, so... <laughs> When I was a college administrator and, and I read an article that said, with the baby boomers, me, <laughs> uh, at the front end of the baby boomers, there's not a jo- enough jobs out there for people to just promote and promote and promote like they did. So you need to learn to grow the job you're in. I said, I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. Oh, look over there. I'll, we'll take that. We'll, we'll yeah. bring that to my department. Anyway, um, so you can do the same thing in church. And then you can always help with... Vacation Bible School, Trunk or Treat, Teens Progressive, Teens Progressive Dinner, uh, our host a Devo, join a mission trip. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really endless yes. of the involvement that women can have. But I particularly wanted to mention of the leadership things that they can do. Yeah. Because I think that's the real area that gets overlooked yeah. for women. Yeah, because a lot of times when when we do have the conversation about you know, what women can do, it's so often coupled with, well, you can be a servant and work behind the scenes. And then we, we list all of these things. You can go along on a mission trip. You can help out with this. You can help out with that. Or you can, you know, support this little event over here in a service way, um, which is all fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, you talk to, you, we talk about people's strengths. That is my wife's strength. She loves to be the person that is working behind the scenes. She is extremely talented in dealing with children and working with them, teaching their Bible classes and helping uh, facilitate and organize and serve without being in a leadership role. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's also important to inform Everybody in the congregation, men and women, that we need people to lead others, to inspire others, to encourage other people to join them in a service role, to join them and help them in whatever they may be doing. Exactly. Exactly. So, and it's also, you need to remember that so much more can get done if you don't care who gets the credit. Oh, Amen. Yes. That is, I can't tell you how many times that, that people get so caught up with the, the, you know, I, it's my idea. I want, I want credit for like this idea or that idea. Like that's my intellectual property. You know, I don't know if you've heard that phrase, but in education, of course I have. Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's just like, oh my goodness. Like people don't own ideas. Ideas are meant to be shared. Right. Um, so anyways, of course you give credit to whom credit is due. That's honoring two people to do so. But if you're on the flip side saying, I need my credit because I'm due my credit. That's exactly what Jesus is talking about when he's saying, take the least seat at the wedding table, because Mm. then you're going to be told, come to a place of higher honor rather than taking the best seat, because then you're going to be humiliated when you are told, no, you need to sit down further at the table. Um, That all ties in together with a matter of, I want my credit that I'm deserved or 
I don't need credit. And then if somebody stands up and says, by the way, this was this person's idea, this was this person's work, then that's the honor. That's the inviting you up to a higher spot at the table when you were really not expecting it. Exactly. And I even was hesitant to mention my lead role in Tabitha Camp because I mm-hmm. thought, oh, that's that's goes against the grain of what I'm trying to talk about. But I, I needed to tell that to tell the inside stuff and mm-hmm. about how I realized that's the other thing is realizing where do you fit best? Yes. And I really needed to realize I'm too old for these <laughs> young people, for these young yeah. girls. They need somebody younger. And, well, and that's, that kind of goes to the discussion about how your talents change, your, your skills, your abilities, they change throughout your life. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about um, investing your time into your strengths. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes your strengths change. And so it takes some reevaluation of what do I need to invest my time into now? And so, you know, when you were younger, you're going to be investing your time a whole lot more into teens than you may be now. But you still invest a lot of time into teens. So, Well, I do. And and uh, I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And when we first came here, uh, another woman and I taught an all-girls Bible class every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And... We had the best time with that and those girls. We, we had did so many activities and, uh, I had, we had them over, I had them over at the house and for a pajama party. (laughs) Yes, for all night. (laughs) And, uh, we had a swimming pool and there, there were two of them grabbed me from both sides and then they said, can you swim? (laughs) I said, yes, because I know I'm going in the pool. They just want to check before they toss you I in. I thought that was very, very Christian of them That's to make so sure I sweet. could swim. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the other things that I think goes along with kind of what you're talking about of, you know, you had to step down from Tabitha is also the idea of training up the younger ladies to also lead. Absolutely. Because if we get to a certain point in our in our congregation where the only leaders are, you know, say they're 60 and older, right? Well, after 20, 30 years, we no longer have leaders. All we have are people who have been followers and who have not learned how to lead, and that's an issue. And so training people how to lead and, and teaching them how to lead is the same type of deal as, as it is making disciples, right? As Matthew 28, 19, and 20 talks about, go therefore and make disciples. We have to make leaders. We have to train leaders. And, and a part of that, you have to have a desire to, right? Yes. But, uh, but you also have to learn how to. You know, there, there's no leader in the history of the world that was the greatest leader ever on day one. There was a progression and they had to learn, they had to make mistakes and they had to fail and they had to fall short and then they had to grow and they had to try again. And so, you know, I think teaching people how to lead is a, is a huge part of this, but you were going to talk about some of the things that ladies can lead at, I think, or did you already touch that? And I missed it. I pretty much went over that. The, I think the, the main thing is to think about, because as I said, there's two other women and I who are looking at another program. Yeah. And then I am looking at another program ad- in addition to that. Yeah. That Dave Roberts laughs at me because I've been look- working on it for 10 years. But uh, <laughs> I'm really reaching a point where it's coming together. I've even 
taken it to the elders and said, okay, I'm putting a proposal together on this, but I need to do a survey. Do I have permission to do the survey? And I'm waiting to hear back on that. So, are you going to give us a sneak peek about what it is, or no, are we going to have to wait? You're going to have to wait. Oh, man, okay. He's, I don't he's not t- very patient. <laughs> <laughs> I, it doesn't hurt to ask, right? <laughs> it doesn't hurt to ask. Uh, but, you know, I've mentioned Dave Roberts several times, and working in grief share has been one of the greatest things. Of course, I first – he mm-hmm. – Agnes Burnett yeah. found Grief Share. Yeah. And she told Dave about it. Dave went out and experienced it and said, This is a great program. We need to bring it to our church. And he's really got it up and running there. And uh, I first attended it when my mom died. And I thought, This this has helped me so much. This is such a good program. I want to be a facilitator. So I've been a facilitator ever since. Yeah. Uh, but this is why Dave's the leader is because uh, last fall, after my husband died in July, Dave said, you can't be a facilitator this week. And I said, what do you mean I can't be a facilitator? And he, I said, you know, I can move my lips with the, te- the videos I've seen them so many times. And he said, no, you're going to be a participant. Hmm. And he was right. He was exactly right. I needed that experience to go through it with that new yeah. loss yeah. and yeah. such a different loss. Uh, it's a loss like none other you experience is the loss of a spouse. Yeah. So uh, anyway, yes, that's why he's the leader. He mm-hmm. knows He knows what's best. He knows you should have him in here and talk about grief share. We need to do that. Yeah. yeah we need to do an episode on grief share. You do. And uh, I think, a, I think a, an episode on counseling. Where grief and share is, is one of the one of the things because Dave does a whole lot. Yes, uh, he does, and he, he taught that he just taught a leadership class, and yeah. Yeah. I I was in it, and yeah, just because I wanted to learn more, and leadership. Hear more. Yeah. You can always learn more. Absolutely. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to really touch on um, before we wrap this conversation up? I think the main thing is first of all being in touch and knowing yourself. Mm. You ha- you need to know what your gifts are. Amen. There are online tests related, and I George Carmen gave me the the website on that, and I have it written down. Sixteen in, personalities is one of them, uh, but and then there's the, also uh, this the, is the one that identifies your gifts. Oh, scripturally identifies your strengths. And, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, but your gifts and hmm. so more so than just your personality. Type. Yes, yes, and uh, it's really beneficial. Unfortunately, one of mine is administration and leader, but <laughs> but it but other things like uh, encourager, mm-hmm. teacher, all of these different things, yep. and that helps you then know what you could or couldn't do or what you might want to do. Yeah, I took one of those one time, and I don't really remember my results. I I remember like my number one thing was like encourager, like basically like the the personality that's very outgoing. Um, just, I, I remember it was like my spiritual strengths went right along with my personality type of being outgoing, being encouraging, being very bubbly, you know. Um, but I don't recall everything that it, it said were my strengths. Well, I was surprised. Uh, I knew that I was teaching was a strength. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> done it my whole life. Uh But I was surprised when people, and there's a woman who is a speaker, 
ladies' day, ladies' retreat speaker mm-hmm. in the church, uh, that I've had her a couple of times, too, when I was at the retreat. But she started calling me Barnabas. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, she'll say something like, you're the most incredible Barnabas I've ever known. And I thought, I never thought of myself like that. And then I had a woman just who was watching me talk with one of the teens. And she said, and the teen walked away and she said, you are such an encourager. And I said, really? That's wonderful. I didn't know that, but I'm glad. I'm very glad (laughs) if that's true. Well, I need to focus on that and build it. Yeah. Be that more, yeah, yeah. You know, so I think that's the 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 biggest thing is knowing your strengths, and as I said, passion will surpass aptitude mm-hmm. for success. Yeah. So if you have a passion for something, yeah, you will do better in it, even if your your aptitude test says no. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a saying that I've kind of adopted from all my years in tennis, and it's hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. There you go. uh, I I love it because I was never the most athletic kid. I'm athletic and I was able to do what I needed to do. But there were other kids who had been training for longer who were way more talented at tennis than I was. But I worked hard and I was able to at least get to a place where I was able to compete with them because I worked hard. And some of them just were there. They were getting by on their raw talent. Uh, And, you know, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And uh, if you have talent and you work hard, all the better. Yeah, and the get by yeah. on your talent, that's that's death knell. That's yes. a death knell, absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, of course, my main goal in any sport is just not to get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> that's becoming my goal. Because <laughs> yeah. I have yeah, no... Chris is reaching the age where that, that's his goal now, too. <clears throat> oh, I have never had <laughs> athletic ability ever, so... Yeah. Well, Kathleen, we appreciate you coming on so much. This has been an incredible conversation. And I know it's the conversation that will continue after the mics turn off. It's one that will continue day after day. And until we're all blue in the face to let people know you've, you've got to work. You've got to do something with your faith. Yes. Your faith must be active regardless of what gender you are, regardless of what race you are, what nationality, regardless of any other circumstance, your race or your uh, faith must work. Yes. And I think very often, and this goes way back in the church because it kind of had a mother-in-law, who uh, <laughs> the focus is on the thou shalt nots yes. rather than the thou shalt. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yes. Well, I have enjoyed this so much, yeah. and I am so delighted to have the two of you in this congregation. As I've been here 37 years. Mm-hmm. I can I can make evaluations. <laughs> <laughs> All right. well, so it's just wonderful having you guys here. Thank we're you we're glad much. to be here, and uh, thank you again for coming on. I, I know that your time is valuable and precious, and we appreciate you giving us some of your time, but more importantly, giving God some of your time through this medium, and we we really appreciate it. Well, thank you. I I hope it was a benefit. Yes, ma'am. Well, and if you are uh, uh, still listening with us, uh, please stick around just a few more seconds as we play our contact information. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, uh, you can figure out how to contact us or send us a message uh, with what's played here.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Bible Conversations. We want to encourage you to check out our proud partners, Ministry League. They have a website as well as an app that you can download from your smartphone. Yeah, not only that, but also be sure to send us an email. You can reach us at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you what your thoughts and comments are on today's episode. And if you have any questions or any comments, anything that you would like to let us know, please send us a text at the following number, 972-905-0856. Yeah, and that way we'll be able to uh, get that comment and and get back with y'all as well. And please leave reviews and comments. I know there's a lot of places that you listen to this podcast that you can leave comments and reviews. I know Apple Podcasts, I'm pretty sure iHeartRadio and others, you can Mm -hmm. uh, leave reviews and comments as well. And last, but most certainly not least, we ask that you share this with your friends. Uh, We do our best to provide... Uh, biblical and and, and strong uh, discussion and we hope that you can feel free to share that with everybody that you love and come in contact with thank you all so much for all of your support we love you